0: I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Trans-pantastic.
1: Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them.
0: So before we started our conversation, we thought it might be a good idea to discuss one more time how we present ourselves here in this podcast on condition of mm, anonymity or as much anonymity as possible.
1: The intention is, is anonymity. So if you you do know us, you know, that's a point here that we're we're trying to make.
0: Yeah, like if you happen to recognize us by listening, or if you have put together that you know us from the stories that we've told, and you want to talk to us about it, it wouldn't be the best thing to say, hey, I know this guy who does this podcast.
1: Yeah, we we don't want you to... Tell anybody you know us if you know us, and we've talked about that before. Anonymity is, uh, you know, I may just agree to that when we started this because of our kids and the amount of uh, safety concerns other folks have had about their children and their family when somebody is quite unhappy with you being who you are and then being vocal about it.
0: How dare we actually tell people how effing queer we are? Yeah. People don't like it when you do that.
1: Some people don't and others do, which the people who hopefully are the ones listening might like it. But you can say something in front of somebody and not mean to. And this has happened to me at work. I had to go to the guy that I work with and say, hey, Joe, you can't say uh, when we're in a meeting or something, you can't reference my transition because other people in the room who I also work with may or may not know about my transition. And that can become an issue of safety. Yeah. And... I'd like you to be careful about that, and please don't do that. And he didn't realize he had done it, but it could be the person in the room is fine, and but they go home and tell their husband, and their husband is not fine with it, and now we have a problem.
0: Yes, so. and the other concern that we have is, again, because we are both in government jobs working with the public... If it gets around and around and around, you know, through the grapevine, someone we have to work with might say, oh, do I really want my kids around this person who is, for example, in this episode, talking quite explicitly about our sex life. Welcome to the conversation. Here's our coming topic.
1: It's not as fun as you make it sound. No, it really isn't. It's not really all
0: that explicit. You're correct. It's not that explicit. Even so, you know, that's where people's brains go. It goes to sex and it goes to what about the children? And given that both of us do work with the public and if somebody who we work with becomes aware of this project, it could affect our professionalism, it could affect our ability to achieve our stated goals in our jobs, and it could put our children at risk. Because I know a guy online who he's an author, he's a blogger, he's a content curator for a number of geeky places... And he has had his information published with the instructions to kill that T-word fag.
1: Yeah, no good.
0: No good. Then they would go and publish the address of his kid's school, which is even scarier to me.
1: Yep. So... Although I don't know if you'd want to mess with number two child. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever you are, be aware. He
0: would take you on. He would
1: take you down.
0: But (laughs) that said, even with a caveman on our side, we still expect, you know, respect the stealth. Never out someone. Never, never out someone for any reason. But in this case, we're going to ask all of our listeners, all of our friends, all of our family, please, please maintain the respect and the anonymity. And it's greatly appreciated. So we were talking the other day about the difference between like transgender and transsexual as terms. Yes, we
1: we were talking about our opinions of these things and our thoughts about these things.
0: Yes, and we touched on it briefly in our last episode. But then thinking about the difference between transsexual and relating to sex organs and medical transition as opposed to transgender being more of a psychologically oriented term and a socioculturally oriented term, got us thinking about sex.
1: It didn't take all that scientific explanation of yours to get us to think about sex. <laughs> no,
0: you think about sex a lot anyway. I do. Yeah, and you were saying that it's now just this constant background
1: noise. It is, which is odd to me, but not unexpected, odd in its experience.
0: It's it's not odd as in like disturbing or problematic. It's odd as in unusual after decades of not having that background noise.
1: No, it's not that I didn't think about sex or wasn't interested in sex. That That was not a problem at all, but...
0: No, it most definitely was not. No, no,
1: no, it wasn't. But... <laughs>
0: Like it's just this constant always on thing and when it's not, it's then it becomes weird odd, like unpleasant odd.
1: Well, I think what happened is it sort of became this you know, right right after getting on hormone replacement therapy and testosterone levels, you know, being up higher. It wasn't a background noise. It was it was definitely a forefront constant distraction and eventually you learn to put something else in the forefront of your thoughts and put that in the back part so that you can do other things because it's difficult
0: <laughs> otherwise. otherwise you're wanting to put it in the back part all the time
1: <laughs> or somewhere <laughs> yeah you
0: said that though you were like you wanted to stick your dick in everything
1: <laughs> yeah yeah the 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 ideas of sex were Prevalent. And that was surprising too, although not unexpected surprising, just the actual experience of it being surprising of, oh, wow, that's more different than I would have imagined.
0: I remember one day you came home from work and said, all I could think about all day was bending you over every piece of furniture in this house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that That's just how my brain was operating. And can very easily operate. Yes. I can see why it's a known thing about guys that all they they think about is sex is true. It just happens that way, it seems. And it's the testosterone. It's not necessarily anything else that I can figure out because it's happened to me. And and that was my... I, I wake up in the morning thinking about sex.
0: Most guys do, mm-hmm. and you had said that one of your doctors had said something about like if you wake up without morning wood, it could be an indication that something else is wrong.
1: Yes, for males, there could be a problem with your hormone levels or other health issues going on that are affecting your hormone levels. It's a fair indicator of something to oh gosh, what to watch point? out for? Be aware of. It's a fair indicator of hey figure out something's going on here because it's definitely noticeable and I imagine for other guys as well that without that feeling if I if I don't have that background noise of sex then I feel kind of odd. I feel like something is wrong. It's very noticeable. And that's just the not so funny joke about if your dick isn't working then you're unhappy. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, guys get upset about it. And I can see why, because I do feel kind of out of sync if if I don't have that going on. And it does happen sometimes where I'm like, hey, something's different here. Oh, where's the sex static that goes on in the back of the right. <laughs> transmission That's here? That's funny, of, yeah. Yeah, brain transmission. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. It is. It is very interesting.
0: Now, a lot of guys manage that constant background noise by turning on porn or engaging in other outlets when their partner is unavailable. I am available about as often as you have time or energy.
1: But yes, you are you are happily available. Quite <laughs> I won't wake you up in the morning, though, because I used to wake you up, but now you stay up late doing homework, and just because I wake up every single morning thinking about sex doesn't mean I need to wake you up, nor will I, like you said, necessarily have time before the children wake up to do something about that. So I I don't necessarily wake you up because, well, I don't wake you up anymore because I know that you stay up late doing homework, and one time you did totally fall asleep, and for me, that's not as much fun. Having sex
0: with a sleeping person is not fun.
1: No, that's not why I woke you up.
0: (laughs) I I could make some Bill Cosby joke here, but it would just be tasteless, and so we'll move on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad. Anyway. Don't do that. No. So...
0: So your other options when I'm not available, though...
1: You mean masturbation?
0: You're not looking at anything.
1: No, I'm not into porn. And there's lots of reasons for that. Actually, just really one big reason that I, I have too much understanding of human trafficking. So I don't believe that most porn is actually something that everybody in the interaction is wanting to have. And I can't believe that. and So I, I can't get any enjoyment out of that because I have too much information. I, my head. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad.
0: I'm, I'm kind of the same. Like, I've known a few people who are in the adult entertainment and sex work industries, and some of them do enjoy it. But most people who do that work that I have known have not done it out of enjoyment. They've done it out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And it's not always a good thing. And so it's kind of hard to get into it if you see, you know, the blank stares that a lot of the girls have. The body language, too. yeah. A lot of people are like really weird about, oh, if my spouse looks at porn, then they don't want me or don't you dare look at other women or don't you dare look at whatever. And it's funny because I was the first person in our relationship who mentioned watching porn Mm -hmm. because I do occasionally indulge in um, mostly gay porn because guy on guy action is significantly more engaged. The participants are more engaged in what they're doing and they seem to be enjoying themselves more in general.
1: I agree with you. And that's what's weird for me is if I was going to watch porn, I probably would watch gay porn because I don't see that difference in the likelihood that both of those people are not wanting to participate, they seem to want to. But also there's some limits on that too, which is that I I wouldn't be interested in people with big age differences or really young guys or something like that, just because I, again, just makes me think of
0: It's the nature of our jobs, working with young people, that we are too familiar with the horrible things that can happen to young people.
1: Yes. And to women in general. Yes. Of any age.
0: To any sort of vulnerable population. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: So there you have that, because I'm the straight guy who would watch gay porn, so.
0: But that leads in then to another discussion topic that we were on, how... You've said before that if I do ever decide to transition, which at this point, there is no option to transition to my identity. There is no in-between option. When you go to the doctor and say, I want to be in-between, they're more likely to give you a different kind of psychiatric treatment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, or nothing because they don't know what to do about it.
0: Yes. But you had said that if I did ever transition, that you would still be a straight guy, but you would still be interested in me, which I think is kind of, you never really know,
1: well, I I think I would, you know, and this comes from at least one of the guys I, I see more than others, and his partner. I see him on YouTube, and his partner is transitioning, and he identifies as heterosexual in general, and so does his now boyfriend, who is formerly his girlfriend that was that is now transitioning, and so
0: and they both used to be a lesbian couple.
1: Yes, so that happens, and various other options happen as well. I mean, some women who identifies as lesbians stay with their trans male partners, some don't, etc. I mean, there's all variations of that. But the unexpected event for these guys is, oh, this is not how I would identify. So for instance, if you decided you were male and transitioning, I think I would be kind of like these guys and be like, oh, well, that's not my thing. I mean, I have no interest in sex with guys in general. Yeah. But it's different with your partner that you already have somehow. It's a different mindset. And there's already a relationship there. There's already intimacy there.
0: There is. And it was established when those socio cultural, external, more external influences had more play in the relationship. You wouldn't go out and seek a relationship with a guy because at the outset of that relationship, a lot of those sociocultural norms are going to influence the development of that relationship. But when you have a relationship that was established with a partner under other circumstances, the foundation of that relationship has a slightly different color to it.
1: Right. Makes me think of people who are identify as gay or queer of some sort, but are in a, a heterosexual relationship. And this is the other side of that: people who identify as straight and are in, you know, what it looks like a gay relationship, but to them is not right. But actually, because they both identify as male, they they feel like, what is what is this? It's not what other people think it is, but it sort of is, and. How odd is that?
0: Yeah, there's the the difference between who I see you as and who the rest of the world sees you as and how that changes the way the rest of the world sees me. Mm-hmm. Because I generally would not have interest in pursuing a relationship with most males. There are a few who are kind of fun and interesting, but most of them aren't worth the risk of pregnancy. Right. That said, most people who know us and haven't known us from pre-your transition just see us as kind of like the typical cishet middle-class
1: parents. They do. Which is weird as fuck. It is, but it doesn't affect me the same way it does you because their perception of me is still one that I'm more comfortable with than it was before. Right. Right. Not so much for you.
0: Nobody's ever going to perceive me correctly, so I've kind of given up trying. It doesn't mean that it's not bothersome, but I've given up letting it bother me to the extent that that's possible. (laughs) Or tried anyway.
1: Okay, you have the idea that you'd like to give that up. (laughs) (laughs) And there are some people who would see that. But for the most part, the general population doesn't have that concept At this point in our history.
0: Right. But that's okay because we're still happy together and we still have lots of good kind of sort of heterosex.
1: I wouldn't know.
0: Like what we do is not much different from what we've always done, except that your body responds differently. Mine does too a little bit, but I think that's mostly familiarity and middle age.
1: Well, I know about what's different for me. One of the things I've definitely noticed is I am more comfortable with my body with you in my transition. So I don't have as much dysphoria as I would have had even three or six months ago, let alone a year or two ago, because I don't have any discomfort. I did have some discomfort in the past and... That would lead to more dysphoria, but everything's like...
0: And to specify uh, discomfort, like in the middle of trying to get off, all of a sudden there's an
1: ouch. Yeah, I have sensitive junk. You do. And but it was, some of it's less... It's all way less sensitive than it was. It's all like real happy now.
0: <laughs> it is. <Yeah. laughs> and I think we mentioned this before, but I think it bears repeating that prior to transition... When everything was so small and so compact, all those nerve endings, it seems like you had more nerve endings stuck into such a small area that it was really easy to push too hard or to press too hard or to move something the wrong direction. And then everything went to shit. But now that your junk is changing, changed bigger, spread out...
1: The nerve ending seem to be anyway. Yeah, the, yeah for sure. it's, for sure.
0: it's much easier to find a desirable tactile sensation.
1: Yes. The other thing that happens that I think is odd, but then again, not un- unexpected, is that the orgasm is kind of like this big wham and then gone. Like, I don't have this reverberating orgasm type thing. That could have happened before, or seems to happen quite easily for you.
0: Yes, the orgasm experience that is typical to individuals with our anatomy is a slow buildup and a long plateau and then a slow dissipation.
1: There's no slow dissipation. No. Nope.
0: You still have a nice long buildup.
1: Yes. Which is quite fun. Yes, I, I agree.
0: But it's not the same slow dissipation anymore. Whereas if I climax, I could be shuddering for like a minute and a half and you're done in like 15 seconds, tops.
1: Yep. And and then there's no like, I know that I just had an orgasm, but there's no real emotional or physical remembrance of exactly how that felt. I know how it felt, but I don't have any residual orgasmic feelings. It's totally gone. I'm like, wow, I know I just had an orgasm, but my mind is erased now, so. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
0: Which is why guys generally roll over and fall asleep and girls want to cuddle. Yeah, apparently. Makes sense to me. Mm I don't know.
1: Somebody has to go to sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky you're cute. Mm. Thanks. You're welcome. Mm. So that's going to be a short episode unless there's some other sex stuff that
1: you can think of. Um So basically, that's it. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I don't I don't know anything else to say about it. That's okay. So, just like my orgasm, it's over and nothing else happened.
0: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening!
1: You need to wake up a little, my George. I'm alive, alert, awake. No, don't do that. Sorry, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those annoying songs to <laughs> make people wake up because they're annoyed now. <laughs>
0: you got to do the motions with it.
1: Oh, it's happening to me and. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I don't have a very good flow of of words here, but...
0: What else is new?
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes the words in my head flow better because they're not actual words. They're ideas of what words would be like if I was saying them.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
1: So it, can, it seems like the thought pattern is smoother than the the sentences churn uh, up as. Huh. But in any case, now there's. What do you want? What do you? You're
0: talking out the window.
1: I'm. I'm looking out the window. You want me to look, stare at the. Stare? <laughs> no, I
0: want. You can point your face this way and look that way if you want to.
1: And <laughs> now you probably think I should remember what I was saying too, huh? <laughs> <laughs>